Hey folks, Nate here. You're listening to Critical Care, a show about games, community, and the ways we play. This is episode 40, featuring games critic and video essayist Pixel a Day. Enjoy. Yeah, so I'm Kat, uh, she, her pronouns. Uh, I run a video essay channel on YouTube called Pixel A Day, where I do uh, kind of critical analysis of games. Um, so yeah, I make video essays on a range of topics where I, I might talk about an interesting topic or theme across multiple games, or I might do a deep dive on a, on a specific game. Uh, so yeah, that's my channel. I also do a bit of writing. So I have a Medium page where I, I write articles. Um, so yeah, I kind of do a bit of writing on the side, but the video essay channel is the main thing. I've been doing that since end of 2019. So about not even a year and a half. Yeah, you're, and this is actually something I want to talk about in a bit about kind of your, your work outside of Pixel a day, but that's definitely what I am most familiar with. I think the first video of yours I saw was your video on Echo, which is a game I have yet to play, but which uh, I enjoyed uh, your analysis of quite a bit um, and have sort of explored a few other videos, which maybe we can talk a bit more about specifically uh, down the line. But a bit more generally, uh, I know you mentioned you started it in you started your channel in, in end of 2019 and that you got some critical writing over at Medium. I'm curious kind of what inspired you to start making these videos? Kind of what, what was your, your impetus for, for starting to write critically about games and, and also like if, if, critic, if Pixel a Day was like your first channel or if you have other work? Yeah. It, it is. It's my first critical work that I've put out there ever. So I've never done anything like this before. Uh, not not in public anyway. I mean, I I did an arts degree. And so I've, I come from a humanities background. So I did write a lot of critical essays and stuff at school. Mm-hmm. And a video essay really isn't that different from that. Um, so, uh, and, you know, I've done a lot of writing as part of my studies. So uh, informally, I guess I've done a bit a, a bit along those lines. but. No, I've never studied, you know, I've never studied writing or journalism or video production or anything like that. I'm just a, I'm just a person, really, who just decided, um, decided to take a crack. The reason I decided to take a crack is, is just because I'm a huge fan of video essays. I basically spent three to four years watching tons of video essays on YouTube instead of working on my PhD. Uh, (laughs) I got through a lot over those few years and um, by the end of it I kind of had a good idea of what I really loved to see and what opinions and perspectives I kind of wished that there were more of and uh, I guess I just got it in my head that I oh yeah I can probably do this and uh so it was, it was just, um, it was just really just came from a love of games and video essays about games and eventually deciding to take a crack because I, I thought that, um, like you said earlier, um, you kind of started your, uh, your work because you wanted to hear more kind of of a certain voice and perspective. Mm-hmm. And I guess that I think that, the games criticism scene could still could use um, more intelligent critical analysis mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and uh, I don't I don't want to sound mean when I say this, but after after a, quite a few years of watching video essays, I kind of just got a little bit sick of hearing. Uh, male voices speaking monotonously over 
because that's mm-hmm. a lot of what that's a lot of what video essays in this in this field are just like dudes speaking in a monotone and I, I was just a little bit sick of that I was like where are the chicks where are the you know variety of perspectives and voices so I guess I just thought well if if they're not there I guess I'll just have to do it myself and they are they are there I mean there are a few um there are a few women and stuff in the space but not that many yeah absolutely there's like a very particular template that a lot of people pick up when they're doing video essays that uh I I I agree. I don't think it's even mean to, to point out that they are very uh similar if if not derivative of one another. Mm. Um I I also very have clean. I also yeah. have kind of grown tired of of video essays kind of as a as a form uh in a lot of ways cuz most of them are kind of pulling from a, like a, a very small visual and and art and like uh critical sort of framework they're mm-hmm. all kind of trying to be the same thing and it often feels like we get into yeah. sort of a position to where we're I, I i don't know if if you would agree with this but it often feels to me like a lot of these channels are functioning as like uh like we're constantly reiterating like critical analysis 101 like we're starting from scratch on every on every video uh, yeah, which, yeah. which can be helpful to some people, I'm sure, of like if you haven't sort of engaged with media in, in a certain way before and you kind of want to know what, what is the framework somebody is using. But it does lead to a lot of uh, a lot of the same styles of videos, a lot of kind of the same points being made, the same topics being covered. Uh, we get in this kind of video essay treadmill where everyone is just competing for how how long of a video on on dark souls or ocarina of time can people make <laughs> like we're up to like three or four hour uh video epics being put out um or it's like i feel like yeah. you, you maybe could have uh yeah. could have picked a different a different topic or, or yeah, narrowed totally. this down but a bit more high, but they're not very high quality mm-hmm. you know either it's just someone speaking in a monotone over fairly unrelated video footage or something like that. And um, it's actually pretty difficult to find video essays, like channels that make video essays like consistently really take something to the next level, mm-hmm. uh, whether that be the, the audio, visual, graphic sort of level or really depth of, of critical analysis mm-hmm. or in entertainment, you know, the performative aspect of it. Um, yeah, there's... There's few that do one or more of those things really well um, that you think, wow, this is like something really different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I can probably count on one hand sort of the ones that jump out as like these are these are really sort of it's selling um, at the at the craft, I guess you could say. Yeah, I'm um, not saying that I'm one of those that excels at the craft. <laughs> Far from it. Uh. Well, I, I, there are certainly, I mean, we, we'll talk about this more, uh, in, in a bit probably, but there are definitely things about your channel, which I see, and I wish that, uh, other, other channels would, would emulate, um, and, and yeah, we'll definitely, we'll dive into that. I am curious a bit that's, uh, you talked a bit, or you mentioned kind of feeling feeling tired of of like the same sorts of, of videos of like the same perspectives uh i guess I, i'm curious what what do you kind of see as the goals of like what you're trying to do with with your channel um like what are what are sort of the tenets of when you sit down to make a video what are, what are you trying to sort of do that you don't feel is is represented enough mm. Yeah, I, I suppose that I think that I I bring a perspective that's a little bit um, a little bit off the mainstream. I, for example, I um, I don't like modern AAA games that much. I hate open world gaming trends. Uh, I'm really sick of mainstream gaming discussion and AAA trends. 
Uh, and so I kind of wanted to, uh, yeah, provide a, a criticism of modern trends that I think just make for not very interesting games mm-hmm. and talk about other smaller games that I think genuinely do really, really cool and interesting things. And um, I, you know, I'm one of those people that I really want, I want gaming to be pushed forward faster than it is. And I'd lo- I love to see creativity and innovation in games. I'm frustrated uh, by how little of it there is mm-hmm. in modern AAA games. And uh, you just, I guess you don't see much of that kind of criticism in, in mainstream games media, but there's, I mean, luckily there's a, a lot of non-mainstream channels and websites and stuff saying the same thing as me, but I just wanted to add my voice to that discussion. And um, I mean, partly I have to admit, I, I started the channel just out of frustration because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm playing all these games and oh, I just I find so many of them just okay, mm-hmm. not bad just a bit generic and boring and um yeah I just decided to try and channel that into something creative because there's only so many things you can do with your frustration right? you can you can sit on it and just steam uh, or you can rant at your friends and family who'll get sick of you uh, <laughs> or you can you can try and channel it into something creative you know art or music or whatever I decided to try and channel it into a video essay format. Um, but sometimes I wonder how much creative work is inspired by just basically just frustration that someone's trying to channel in some way. I mean, I can speak for, for myself that I, I pretty much only exist in this like critical game space out of spite at this point. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> it it uh it started out as like a like a sincere enthusiasm about games and now it's just kind of like uh now it's just spite at and, and frustration at at the state of things um <laughs> i just skipped straight to the spite uh mm-hmm. i didn't even have that period <laughs> honestly that's that's where you want to begin like the 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 like the earnest sincerity at the beginning uh it's kind of where everyone else is stuck at so yeah we i think we need it's it feels weird to say this and i'm sure if if people actually pointed me to like more spiteful people um in the game space i would be like no not like that but i feel like in general gabe's criticism could serve to be a bit more spiteful a bit more pointed in its (laughs) uh its criticism totally totally Uh, i love reading a good rant against I don't know, the latest AAA game. I mean, I was basking in the glow of the Cyberpunk 2077 um, debacle. I was just loving every moment, to be honest. It's such a a strange thing, and it's something that... uh, It's sort of a point of frustration for me. Um, I don't know if, if, if you share this, but I know you said you're not very interested in, like, AAA games broadly... Um, as they sort of exist now as like the the, the big budget open world sort of mm-hmm. checkbox kind of adventure um which i i definitely share i i i'm just kind of i i look at those and and just cannot muster any any enthusiasm so i i often feel like i'm existing kind of in a in a different universe from everyone else's excitement uh yeah but yeah it's it's curious to me how even people who seem to share kind of that frustration uh sort of engaging with these with these giant games still seems to feel mandatory for a lot of people like oh yeah it's like well i'm i'm bored of this it's kind of doing the same thing i already know what i'm getting into but i have to have my take on it anyway mm-hmm. uh which I don't know, it strikes me as just like a, a strange sort of like purgatory people are putting themselves into of 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 feeling compelled to to engage and play and spend so much of their time thinking and writing about yeah. about stuff but 
they kind of go into knowing that they're not going to care much for. Yeah, the games industry has just become so huge. It's a black hole that it just sucks everybody into whether you want to or not. Mm-hmm. And I feel as well. Like, I feel like I should be playing the latest games because, you know, when you make a video or you write something about it, people will click on that mm-hmm. because it's, it's the hot conversation everyone's having. But I, yeah, I know I'm just so conflicted about it because I feel like I should. But then again, like you, like you just said, I mean, you're spending, you have to spend your precious time and energy. And for me these days, time is just top, top priority. Like I'm mm-hmm. in my 30s, I have a job, I have hobbies, I have friends, and I just, I don't have that much time. And so games that don't respect my time are just not, not even, not feasible for me at all. Um mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's why I, partly why I just get so tired and cynical when these huge 100-hour epics come out. I'm like, how am I going to find the time to play this? Yeah. I just end up, yeah, I just end up really like, tired and angry and cynical of these games. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's important to note that, the you know, the, the frustration and the spite, it doesn't, it doesn't come out of a genuine malice or anything. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes people, especially in the fandom community, will kind of want to frame it that way and say, oh, you're just hating. Um, but no, it comes out of a genuine love of games. And, you know, when I play a game that these days, usually an indie game that, I, it, that lights me up, it's just amazing. And I, you know, most of the videos on my channel are positive. I'm just mm. me gushing about the games that I've loved. Um, so it, it comes from a genuine love of games that we just want the industry to be better. Actually, we're the true optimists, aren't we? Because we're, um, we believe things can be better and should be better. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I don't think that you can, I mean, I'm sure people have, have tried, but I don't feel like you can really do like long-term critical work if you don't genuinely care about your subject like you're just going to either your criticism is going to become pretty stale or you're just going to get bored and and kind of peter off like i don't think you sort of exist in that space if you don't actually care about what you're writing about um like i I can't imagine writing writing several thousand words on even like a game that i hate if like if if i just despise games completely um even if it feels like even if it feels like that sometimes, just like why do video games exist? Uh, yeah, but there's something that's keeping you hanging on, isn't there? Yeah, um, I, I don't know if it's just a spite, but if <laughs> it's it's something. Um, yeah, but, it's got to be more than spite, though. Or surely you won't you won't last very long before mm-hmm. you're hanging on by. But I mean, what do you feel like you're hanging on by at the moment? Because you've been doing this for a long time. I mean, I think for me, it is sort of a part of it is it feels just a like a natural response. Anytime I I play a game, I I tend to have things I want to say about them. And the only way I can make my thoughts make any sense is in is in some form of essay. Uh, got that academic brain disease. Um, so for me it is almost like like a sort of ritual but aside from that it it does also come from like wanting wanting uh more of a specific kind of of critical analysis that kind of sort of is willing to i guess be more critical on 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 vectors that i don't see discussed as much whether that's like looking at themes or like labor issues or uh like character portrayals um stuff that you see a lot in like literature studies or or film studies but games are just are just still struggling so much with because we're like we're like having the the uh 
critical analysis one-to-one talk every time somebody wants to discuss something even a bit even a bit in depth um, yes it's so infuriating mm-hmm. <laughs> just want to move the game's conversation along just as quickly as possible because yeah it, why are we still rehashing these same debates yeah of course it's okay to like a game and still point out its flaws and mm-hmm. of course it's okay to criticize the latest AAA game and say you hated it and blah 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 like of course <laughs> of course reviews are opinions they're just opinions why are we still talking about this yeah it's yeah. like the the list of like asterisks that people feel that they have to to put on their videos and their essays now is just getting longer oh. and longer and i know i know a lot of that comes from just trying to anticipate like the worst kinds of people online just attacking you for something completely arbitrary um yeah but but it does kind of put you into into a position where you're kind of limited in what you can can actually dive into when you're when you're spending so much time talking through just kind of the basics yeah i found that i I don't know if you found the same thing but um the voices that I really love that have that more scathing edge to them and that are willing to just speak completely free of fear. Um, well, at least it seems that way. Um, uh, I don't know, also the people who end up not staying in the industry uh, or you know, leaving mm-hmm. um, to go and do something else, uh, maybe because of the burnout or maybe because they get got so much backlash they decided it was too much or what 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 it was i don't know mm-hmm. no that's but i definitely do yeah it it's definitely a i mean part of this is just like there's it's very hard to like exist and like have a like the amount of time it takes to to be like a, a critical games person is 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 it's significant and it's hard to to make any kind of money doing that so it's usually like a side gig for people and people who do get into it full time are constantly at the mercy of of different publications going under or just like having to refocus like i know a lot of people i i, I see constantly people are just like well i was writing about games in this really exciting way and now i'm doing like listicles and it's just like well that's it's 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 so unfortunate because there are there are so many like really talented writers who are just have no have no ability to sort of channel that that critical voice um into anything or when they do it's either attacked from from people on the outside or or cut from from whoever has the the pocketbook at a moment that's really depressing <laughs> i hate this industry sometimes <laughs> yeah it is it's a it's a i mean as as kind of silly as like games criticism can be cuz it is kind of like a, a a goofy thing often um it is it is sad that like even to this point, there is so little capacity to do to do anything really involving or or in depth to the way that you see with with other uh, mediums. Which I mean, I I say that, but also I guess if I look at like music criticism and movie criticism, like those are also kind of disappearing just at a different different rate. Uh, it is it is sad that that it's it's so hard to to just like have any sort of of ability to to do what should be just like an ordinary like an ordinary aspect of 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 any like artistic medium of just having like a, a vibrant critical scene yeah i guess the scene is just a it's 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 pretty scattered and it's mm-hmm. a lot of the best criticism is being done by well randos or uh, youtube channels or, mm-hmm. or what have you it's just coming from individuals from all over the place so yeah might not have an actual 
proper job doing it, but just um, are doing it out of out of pure love and passion for the subject matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you you can get funded directly through Patreon for that, I suppose. So you you can, I guess, make a few bucks that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that criticism is like the really high quality criticism sometimes seems to be coming from all over um, and being pretty distributed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there are definitely more. It's it is. I mean, I sound pretty dire about the whole thing. Maybe just because I've I've kind of been in the space for so long and seen these things go up and down and sort of circle back in on themselves. But it, it's definitely true that there's a lot more avenues for people who want to 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 write critically, to make critical essays or podcasts or videos or or what have you. Uh, which is which is super cool to see. There are so many more voices and so many it's so much easier to find them now than than it used to be even just a couple of years ago um which i am i am super thankful for because it's it's been both because i i really enjoy these people's writing but also it's it's helped me grow tremendously as as a writer like i look i look at some of my older stuff and i can i can see kind of the point where it's like oh this is where i start started reading so and so and took in some of their ideas and this is where I kind of shifted and it's it's that's that's one of the things that that I I uh am most appreciative of 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 anybody that's like in in this space um is is how much I can kind of steal and learn from them uh (laughs) so Uh, I mean, this kind of this kind of devolved, but I did want to to circle back around a bit to talk a bit more about um, just kind of how you come to your your topics. Uh, I know you kind of mentioned that like you're not particularly interested in in writing about AAA games, but also there's like an impulse to feel like like you wanna you wanna be in the conversation of like whatever the hot new thing is. Um, but also your your channel has kind of taken a lot of, of different directions and doesn't really, as far as I could tell, I there wasn't like a, it didn't often feel like you're like chasing some sort of trend. Um, so I was curious. The last you, way to I, say that my videos are all over the place. <laughs> I mean, I personally enjoy that. I like not. I I it it is uh anytime I open up like youtuber or my inbox or something and i see everybody's talking about the one game of the month that we're allowed to talk about it's just like i, I get kind of <laughs> it's just like all right i guess i'm gonna tune out for may because we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna talk about about whatever uh whatever big game came out um so i love when when people are just kind of scouring into the into the bins and and picking out whatever interests them um, so I'm curious, kind of how you how you come to the topics of your videos, kind of what you what you look for when you're like starting out. If it's just here's something I played, I want to talk about it, or if you kind of have more of a process or or what it is. This is the question that kind of I was scared of because I'm going to have to reveal how totally by the seat of my pants my video ideas are. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's no structured process, really. Um, it's sometimes I play a game and I'm just left with, uh, you know, you're talking about academic brain, like you just can't stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so you just start writing to try and get all the thoughts out and make sense of them. And sometimes that turns into some things or, uh, other times there, there have been just, there have been times when I've just been reading something random on the internet and, and a phrase has just sent my brain down some path and it's ended up in an interesting video topic. Uh, so sometimes it's a sometimes it's a more conscious process of having played a game and then deciding to think about why it was interesting and why it made me feel a certain way. Uh, and other times I start from a completely different point and 
you know, like a broader theme, like, for example, I did a video on the romantic concept of the sublime because I was just thinking about that one day and then I and then that just ties back into games in a way that seems to work for a video. Uh, so it is rather random and um, like I, I have video, I, I have general ideas that I write down, they're all sitting in a Word document um, that I could always draw from but um, generally uh, the process is I, I finish a video, I feel good about it for like a second <laughs> and then and then uh and then some dread sets in because I realize I don't have an idea for the next video and I start worrying about what if that was the last good idea I'll ever have and I'll never have another one um so at all times I'm just kind of semi-anxiously waiting for a bolt of inspiration to strike and it's a little mm -hmm. bit random when and how it strikes I wish it were more reliable like there are some people that seem to just have a constant bag of excellent ideas that they can just dip into and make a video on an amazing topic every week or every couple of weeks mm -hmm. and uh yeah I'm very jealous of that because I don't have that for sure I am I am incredibly <laughs> envious for I mean even even like even yourself having a having a document of like here's some some good ideas if I for some reason can't think of anything like that's even a step further than than anything i have where mine is literally like well i i'm looking around my room what's what's interesting to me this month uh all right let's let's try and get some words on that uh but yeah that that is that is interesting kind of how how it might start from somewhere that's not even like about games like like your video on the on the sublime uh which i i really enjoyed and i i think increasingly is like a a really interesting like the concept of of the sublime uh, is a really interesting lens to to view games from um but it's interesting to that that sort of came from just like a place of exploring that topic and then like trying to to loop it back around to like well how would i apply this to games uh, which... mm. that sometimes results in my best videos I think mm -hmm. uh, like I have one on death where I was just thinking about um, I think uh, I don't know I was thinking about existential psychology and mm. then I just thought about oh death games what do games do with death and then it ended <laughs> up being a good video uh, so sometimes yeah it just starts somewhere totally different and uh, links back somehow yeah Sometimes it just happens. I do feel that often the the best criticism that I see does seem to come from from that kind of space of, and I mean this kind of loops back around to like not having to reinvent uh, critical analysis every time you want to talk about something, but like sort of referencing and and pulling from like the the decades of of critical theory that already exists. I think is something that games criticism could could do with doing more of uh, it's it's something that i've i've personally mm. tried to to be more conscious of like like if i'm if i'm writing about something i'm just like well what are people saying about this outside of games because usually there's, there's people are usually saying something uh and it's usually quite a bit more developed than than what i would would think of in an afternoon uh, and I'm, I'm always appreciative of, of people who who sort of draw from from that like critical theory and and history and sort of show that like like yeah games don't exist in a vacuum like criticism isn't unique to games like this is a yep. there's a, there's a whole lot of of different sort of fields intersecting uh, so why so why don't we sort of use use that to to have more interesting discussions about games and and stuff that's also not games like someone might watch your video on the on the sublime and be just like well now i want to look into into like romantic paintings like there's there's a lot of different avenues you can go from there that aren't just focused around games which i i greatly enjoy yeah i mean games we're still yeah the, the industry is too much in a bubble and there aren't enough links 
to the wider world. And I would love more games to be made that draw, draw inspiration from beyond games and the wider culture and broader society. And, um, and to see games criticism refer to societal issues and the, the social context that we play games and make games in. And that's sort of, that's the stuff that really interests me. Mm-hmm. Um, because what are games if not <laughs> part, of, part of society? Um, they don't exist in a vacuum. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I'd like to think that, uh, and, and I'm, maybe this is because I don't come from a games design background or anything. I, like I said, I never studied games journalism or I've never studied game design or anything like that. I, I'm, I'm just a person who studied psychology. So I, I guess, <clears throat> and a few other things in undergrad uni, but so I, I guess my perspective is coming at games as, as media, like any other media and coming to it from a perspective of applying some psychology, some sociology, some philosophy, and yeah, linking some of the themes within games to to broader broader themes and wider life. Uh, so I think, I mean, some of my friends have said that they enjoy my videos and they don't even play games. Um, so that's that's a perk, uh, I think, that you make it relevant. And so even even people who maybe don't play games that much might enjoy um, might enjoy watching rather than uh, making videos about I don't know some specific game mechanic that only only serious gamers could enjoy. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm all about making my work uh, less for for the serious gamers and more for more for everyone else. Uh, I feel like serious gamers have have been pretty well served. Uh, for yes. for quite a while, um, there's a lot more people that play games who, I think, have have interesting things to say about them. I mean, sometimes like the the most interesting observations about games that I hear are like from my my five year old nieces, and it's just like it's just just getting out of the the sort of um, I guess Twitter bubble that that I existed and and hearing more more perspectives is always is always really beneficial. Yeah, yeah, that ties back into why we do the things we do. Yeah, we're trying to like break the bubble a little bit. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's why I love your stuff as well because yeah, you're always talking about um, yeah the stuff that's important and linking linking games back you know more broadly and using them as a a way to talk about various things, whether it be. Uh, religion, violence, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm curious. Are there since we kind of talked about like the spontaneous process that a lot of your videos come from? Are there any that surprised you in in terms of like how they evolved? Like any that you started out thinking, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about this thing," and then had it turn into something completely different by the end. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'll never know exactly what I'm going to end up talking about exactly. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit of a spontaneous process where I, I think I, writing helps me think. So sometimes I just sit down and I start writing and that helps, helps my thoughts develop. But mm-hmm. uh, like my video on Echo, it's, I, I started just, I, I wasn't going to make it into a video. I just sat down and started writing out my thoughts. I was initially thinking that it was going to be just an article where I just put down my thoughts. I didn't have any particular hook or spin that I thought would make an interesting video. So I wrote down the draft of a script that was just my random thoughts on on the game. And then I, as I was reading, I was just doing a bit of research, reading reviews and coverage of the game online and stuff. And there was a, um, there was a phrase that I came across in one write-up that was something like, um, oh, it didn't use the word karma, but it it said something like uh, what you do comes back around in this game or something like that. And that made me think, oh, like karma. And then I started thinking uh, about uh, other like religious concepts of, I don't even know how, 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 I can't even remember how my thought process developed, but I started thinking about um, other concepts from 
Buddhism and Hinduism that the game tied into and it got me started down this road of um, how the game kind of illustrates religious and spiritual themes in its story and its gameplay. Uh, and so once I started thinking like that, that sent me down a totally different road and I totally rewrote the script, which became the Echo video. So that was one example where I, it started, well, it started like one thing and then totally ended up down a different fork. Yeah, that's, that's really, really interesting. I, I'm always surprised when, like, so, especially when something starts off and you think it's going to be just a small thing and then you get to the end of it and you're just like, well, I've just made a whole, I just whole, made a whole video. Uh, how did this happen? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I, I'm very interested in, in people's, like, creative processes there because it always, it, it's continually a mystery to me how anything, how anything comes about. It seems to just kind of come out of nowhere uh but obviously there's a lot of a lot of labor going into there yeah and it's really scary um because creativity it's like it's like this weird and mysterious dark uh, i don't know just it, it lives in a a shadowy part of you that you can never really understand mm. you're constantly like oh i wrote this i had this i had these thoughts where did they come from i don't even remember <laughs> how them. i don't even remember how it started <laughs> <laughs> it's mm -hmm. kind of scary having to deal with the fact that so much of your creative output in the end stems from this thing that you are pretty oblivious to the workings of and really can't control, mm -hmm. um, which is the creative wellspring. So I don't know. I find that I find that to be a really scary thought, actually, because, uh, like I said, I'm always just anxious about what if the well is dry and I just don't know it? <laughs> uh, I wish there was a way to control it. But of course, the more you try and control it, then the more anxious you get. And that mm -hmm. that's not a state of mind in which uh, good ideas come from. You need to like cultivate this mental state where you're sort of relaxed and spontaneous and not worried about too many things. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that it's the same with you. Yeah, for yeah. for sure. Um, every any time I finish something, uh, or any time I finish something and I'm like happy with it at all, uh, for like the fifteen seconds <laughs> that you mentioned, uh, the immediate next thought is like, well, I'm never writing anything good again. This is it. This is, <laughs> I'm done. This is my this is my final piece. Uh, gonna close up shop now. Uh. Which I, which I think is is something that like anybody that that makes stuff uh, feels to varying degrees. Um, if they don't, I, I need to know how they've how they've found that that inner peace. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is it is a it is a very strange thing because it does often feel like 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 the ideas and sort of stuff that I take into into writing exists like in in like a separate state of of being sometimes like i'll i'll be talking to someone and be like well i just wrote like a whole thing about this and now i'm struggling to like put two words together onto what i what i wanted to say about it so it's like what happened mm. Where, where'd those ideas go um mm. <laughs> it's it's very strange but um it's so good to hear that other people have that too <laughs> Oh, oh, absolutely! It's like, as as I probably spend more time thinking about like the, the inability to create stuff, or the, how if I'll ever be able to create something else again, uh, more so than I do actually making things, um, which is super productive and good, and and obviously everyone should do the same. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um before we run out of, of time here i did want to to quickly uh just talk a bit more about um about video essays uh more broadly i mean we touched on this early on about kind of why you started making your videos was you wanted to 
like provide a different perspective and different types of videos than that what you were seeing being made. And I'm curious now that you've been doing this for for over a year now. Um, s sort of what your your feelings are about, uh, I guess, video essays specifically. Like it, it it has like a it seems to have a particular like separate sort of critical base than than written stuff T to me at least this is the feeling i get when i when i look mm -hmm. at it like people go in to make video essays for a particular reason that's perhaps different than if they went to start writing about games um just in like an, an essay format um i'm curious kind of how you feel about 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 video essays more generally like are the trends that you you see in our are, are like newly frustrated by beyond like sort of what you saw initially um if there's like things that you see that you're just like oh yeah this is actually super cool more people should be doing this yeah i think i love that there's the video essays exist because they are really different to written work you have the whole audio visual element and that brings in a lot of you know really interesting things you can do with visuals and of course there's voiceover and some people appear you know in their in their video essays and so you have that performative element where you can if you're an entertainer kind of type you can really do stuff with that um <clears throat> but in terms of yeah in terms of trends and things that worry me I mean what well, I don't know if it's a trend to say that the space is just growing constantly and so now there's just more of everything. Um, there's just more variety of content and more style than there ever was before. People are constantly, new people are constantly coming into the space, which on the one hand is great because now it really means whatever your niche is, you'll find a channel to, mm -hmm. to service that niche, um, which is awesome. But at the same time, it means that now the field is really, really saturated. Mm -hmm. um, there are tons of people doing video essay stuff about games. Uh, and so I guess one thing that frustrates me is that smaller channels, really a lot of smaller channels are sinking um, mm -hmm. in, in this sphere. One One thing that I noticed when I actually started doing video essays and I started making friends, and meeting people, uh, I found out about tons and tons of smaller channels that I never knew existed, where I'd, I'd spent three or four years just rapidly consuming video essays about games on YouTube. And I thought that I'd seen all that there was. And actually, there's tons of smaller channels that are great that I'd never seen and had never crossed my path before. And so that's a bit of a sad fact is that there are so many small channels out there that you don't even know exist. And it's really difficult. It's just really difficult to achieve success now as a smaller channel because you know, the bigger channels are the ones that will always get shown and recommended. And you know, if you're a smaller channel, the algorithm is just not your friend. You are you are dead to the algorithm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been frustrating seeing all these really great small channels. Uh, struggle to to grow and to see how difficult it is to actually get visibility as a smaller channel in amongst all of the bigger, more established channels out there. Mm -hmm. So that makes me a little sad. Um, there's there's not many ways to actually get successful these days. I, I kind of rely on word of mouth, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but the people who spread my channel by word of mouth are likely to not not have many followers or or anything themselves and um there's there's really not many ways to get successful aside from one one of the ways is for your for your content to just randomly totally coincidentally go viral somewhere like people have said that they have posted something on reddit and it's taken off and I can almost, I'm not saying they're lying, but something in me just doesn't believe that because I, <laughs> I struggle so much on Reddit. My stuff just sinks on Reddit. Um, and a lot of people have the same thing. So that, I think, mm -hmm. I feel like that's that's a total 
a total matter of luck, basically. It's a one in a million shot. And then there's the other one in a million shot, which is you get picked up by someone who already has a really successful channel and they shout you out. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, so I have two, I have at the moment, I have 2,300 subscribers and close to 2,000 of them I gained just from two different shout outs by Chris from Errant Signal. And so I might, I might still, if I hadn't, if I hadn't been shared by him, I, I might still only have, I don't know, four or 500 as opposed to over 2,000. So yeah, that's the, that's the one thing that really bums me out is how, how difficult it is for small channels to actually uh, gain any visibility in the space. Mm -hmm. It's a tough, it's a tough world out there. Absolutely. And it could be so demoralizing because uh, like video essays specifically take so much time to put together because they have so many aspects to them. I mean, it's I'm sure it's similar to how people feel when they like release a game or something where it's just like I put all this work into it and now mm. nobody's paying attention to it because there's a hundred games releasing every day on Steam. Uh, and it's a similar thing with video essays of just like people so many people are doing just like incredible work where it's just like just really impressive the 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 effort they put into these videos whether that's on like a critical level or looks like the craft of the video itself um which is super impressive and then to see it get like nobody else to to see it besides me it feels like uh yeah it, mm. it it's it's demoralizing especially when you i mean I, I don't want to just like cast like shade it at uh, any particular channels, but you do see sometimes like larger channels where it's just like this. I don't know if it feels like it, it's inverted in terms of like who who ought to be getting <laughs> sort of the attention, uh, which is which is always unfortunate. And I and I know this is kind of just inherent to most to most industries is you look at the people yeah. who are successful and it's just like, you don't deserve that. And you look at the people who are struggling <laughs> and you're just like, why aren't you famous? Why aren't you like huge? Uh, That's right. It's hard to not be bitter and be like, you don't deserve that success. These smaller people deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's something that's changed in terms of YouTube in the last five years. Maybe five years ago, you could get pretty successful because not many people were doing what you were doing. and these days it's very different yeah i think i think in, in general it's just like the nature of these platforms tends to funnel people towards increasingly small a smaller number of of accounts and so like the more people are on there ironically the the fewer people are getting any visibility which it's just kind of built into to a lot of these platforms and just frustrates me a lot i I'm I'm not a a uh, I I'm sure it's great for YouTube, but it's uh yeah I I do often wish there was or was a more more level sort of field in terms of like not just showing the same three people at the top of the list and then everybody else is just kind of like you might happen to randomly stumble upon them and then wonder how you how you did that. Uh, yeah, I know, and it's it's so uh, it's difficult to maintain optimism uh, and a and not and not get a little bit cynical when you see mm -hmm. all the really big channels with tons and tons and tons of subs, you know, hundreds of thousands of subs, just shouting each other out. Like, why don't you shout out a small channel? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes, everyone knows Game Maker's Toolkit exists. <laughs> <laughs> we all know Mark Brown is amazing and his channel is awesome. Um, but how about how about spreading the love? Um, but of course, people are allowed to praise whoever they want. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, oh yeah, that's just sometimes it's a bit of a emotional struggle. But uh, anyhow, um, then you get invited on a show like this. And uh, and you feel like you're being seen and recognized, which is lovely. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that 
that I have any huge number of followers, but I am definitely appreciative to to be able to to have you on and have this discussion. It's it's very insightful. Um and I'm excited to continue seeing your videos um and seeing how they do in the future. I'm you seem to be like expanding a lot, which is, is exciting to see. Um every every time I click on there it's just like, oh, there's a lot more people here than I thought. Uh, which I'm I'm sure it could always seem like more on, on your end, but it's still it's cool to see um from the outside, even if it's like a small small bump. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's nice to get bumps and subs. Mm. Uh but usually the growth is pretty painfully slow. But anyway, I see that you've had some people on your show like um like you've had transparency on the show and some some really good, less appreciated people. So I guess I should shout. Can I shout out some people? Uh, um, yeah. Feel free to to shout anyone out, and I'll I'll put all those in the show notes as well for people to to find their channels. If you have particular cool. people you want to shout but, out, because you know I would feel bad if I was just talking up how how many great small channels there are, and then not mentioning any of them. <laughs> yeah, it's just like gestures randomly. It's like they're all over here. Go <laughs> go find them yourself. Oh, uh, let's see. Transparency, yeah, they're they're really good. You've had them on your show. Pim is online. I am Era, really good, really small channel. Oh, um, Static Canvas, the really good one that deserves more stuff with more subs. Actually, I think Static Canvas goes by the. I think he goes by Thomas Ife, Ife, on YouTube. Um, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. Uh, but yeah, those are just some smaller channels that people should check out yeah if uh, they want to go off the beaten path a little bit yeah for sure i i mean transparency i am I, i'm aware of and and they do incredible videos uh but i haven't heard of either of the others so i will i'll definitely have to check those out um and speaking of of, of checking people out online uh where can people go if they want to find you and your work on the internet uh, yeah, well, of course, I'm Pixel a Day on YouTube, uh, and as I said, I'm on Medium, so you can just go to Medium and search Pixel a Day there to find my written stuff. Um, I I just wrote an article last week, I think I released it, about the Netflix show Kingdom um, and how it's the most relevant um, piece of fiction we have to the COVID crisis. <laughs> so hmm. go and check that out. Um, uh, you can find me on, uh, on Twitter as well. I think you should just be able to search Pixel a Day, but my handle is pixel underscore a underscore day. Right. And that, uh, that's pretty much all I need to plug, I think. Cool. And yeah, I'll put links for those as well for people to find. Um, so, so closing this out now, uh, since we're running up a bit on time, um, I, I like to have everyone I have on sort of close things out by sharing something that they've enjoyed recently or been inspired by. Um, the absolutely anything, uh, just whatever is as struck your fancy and been just like, well, more people should know about this. Um, if you have something you would like to share. Uh, yeah. Can I shout out a little game I've played and I, I, I thought was really neat. Oh, of course. Um, we do talk about games sometimes on this show. <laughs> uh, I, um, I just recently played If on a Winter's Night for Travelers, hmm. which is this little game on itch. It just came out, um, oh, I don't know if it was a month or two ago, like really recently, so it's pretty much brand new. And it's free! So uh, I really liked it. It's just a couple of hours long. Um, and it's this beautiful pixel art game with a spooky atmosphere. It's kind of like a point and click narrative adventure. Um, and the themes get quite dark and uh, it's just really, really lovely. And I, I thought it was really cool. It's similar to if anyone's played The Last Door, uh, mm. very similar to that lovely pixel art with a weirdly dark um, story. So if you think that's neat, you should check out that game. And it's free, so you literally have no reason not to. Awesome. I've I've not heard yeah. of that. It sounds sounds definitely up my alley. Uh what was the name one more time for people? 
if on a winter's night for travelers. Awesome. Yeah, I will definitely have to check that out. I mean, that's a, a very evocative name, if nothing else, which yeah. always, <laughs> always compels me. Uh, but in any case, uh, thanks so much for, for finding time to come on here to dealing with the weird time zone differences and, and all that shenanigans. Uh, I've really had a great time talking and appreciate having you on. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. Critical Care is produced by me, Nate Kiernan, with music by Desired. You can find Desired on Bandcamp at desired.bandcamp.com. I'm on Twitter at Nate Kiernan, and you can keep up with everything critical related at critical.com. If you'd like to help keep the lights on, you can support the show on Coffee. And until next time, stay safe, stay home, and remember, this is not game over. We're still fighting, and we're going to get through this.